I believe that we as kingdom citizens, I don't, you know, you know where I stand in this regard. Jesus, uh, Jesus in his, in his uh, what we know as the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in his heaven. He came not to die on a cross primarily. He came primarily to establish his kingdom. That's a fundamental truth that much of the church doesn't know. Yet, if you read the Bible, it is clear. Jesus said, I came to establish my kingdom here on earth. So I like to term kingdom citizens. All kingdom citizens should be spiritful, supernatural beings that live according to what the Spirit says. Amen? Jesus never did anything unless he saw, unless he heard the Father saying, do this, do this. And we need to be the same. I believe that God is wanting us as his children to start living that like that. So I'm not going to use the word term Christian. You're welcome to use the word Christian if you like. But I think some, 80% of this country calls themselves Christians, yet I don't even know if 20% really know him. And God is wanting us to know him intimately, that we can live supernatural lives. Amen? So last week I asked you, who is the most important person on the planet? And it took a while to answer. And the most important person on the planet is the, is the Holy Spirit. There's no more important, more important person than the Holy Spirit. And we need to say the same in our lives. There's no one more important than the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen? Amen. I wrote, the Holy Spirit is the person Jesus sent to complete the job of God on earth through you and I as his church. Because I guarantee you we will not touch people's lives without his, him, his empowering in our lives. You will witness and it will fall on dead ears. You need to be empowered. That's why he said, I will empower you to be my witnesses. It is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that is going to set people free. Not your intelligence and your wisdom and your intellect. and your, It's just not going to happen. And we read last week, uh, Joel 2 verse uh, 28 and 29, and afterwards, I will pour out my Spirit on who? On all people. In other words, it is not color-based, it is not race-based, it is on anyone that's heart is open. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see vision. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. In when? In those days. In the latter days. When when does this when did this take place? When did this prophecy come into fruition? On the day of Pentecost. And that spoke, some of the translations say, in the last days I will pour out my spirit. The last days, if, if that happened on the day of Pentecost, was how many years ago? About 2,000 years ago. That's a long time ago. And he says, I will pour out my spirit. Your sons and your daughters will, <laughs> will do all these awesome things, prophesy, see visions, dream dreams. And we need to see more of that in the church. We need more. Who of you want to see more of that in the church? Yeah? 
But there has to be a heart's cry. There has to be a desire and say, Lord, I need that in my life. I need that in this congregation. I need this in the community of churches around us. Amen? So my first point is the Holy Spirit's life is one that is supernatural. Supernatural living should be a life of every kingdom citizen. It should be of every Christian, but sadly most people nowadays call themselves Christian, but they don't live according to the decree of the king. Hello? If you don't live according to the decree of the king, if you, any of you have watched any movie of kingdoms, what do they do? What does the king do? And you don't obey him, what does he do to you? He, sorry, what? He chops off your head. There's going to come a time where you're going to see this happening in the kingdom where God says, I will spit you out my mouth. I'm so sick of this. You call yourself what you're not. You say you love me, but you don't obey me. You say you love me, but you don't live according to my ways. I tell you now, it's coming. There are so many Christians that live exactly how they are. I spoke to someone yesterday. It was quite funny. <clears throat> this person said, no, but I... I you know, I, I said, I think God's trying to tell you something. She said, you really think so? I said, I don't think so. I know so. She said, what do you think? I said, you need to come and see me and I'll tell you. Because, well, I mean, it just wasn't the right timing. She said, you really think? I said, I don't think so. I know so. I said, God is definite. She said, no, I think, I think you're actually right. I said, I know I'm right. No, but you know, I pray much more than I ever have. And I'm praying more for everyone else. She said, Maybe I should start praying for myself. But live according to your own ways. And God says, ah, uh-uh. ah, uh-uh. God's very clear in his word. And the thing is, you cannot live a supernatural life that is led by the Spirit of God when you, when you allow sin to reside in your life. Because you're quenching the Holy Spirit. And when you quench the Holy Spirit, he just holds back. That is why it's so crucial that we repent and make right with God. Because that's why we often have communion. That's why he says, as often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. Why? Because whenever we come together, we need to make right with God. But sadly, much of the world nowadays don't think they have any sin in them. So, what's the real world? The natural world or the supernatural world? Eh? Most people live according to the, sen- the natural world, in the natural world, according to the senses, they touch, feel, smell, hear. They live like that. Isn't it true? Much, most of the world. Yet there's also a supernatural world, and I believe God wants us as kingdom citizens to live in the supernatural. But we will never, listen to me carefully, you and I will never live in the supernatural unless we earnestly seek him. If you seek me with what? Oh, not with a tiny fiber of your being, with every fiber of your being, with all of your heart, I will be found by you. And I will make my home, I will make my abode with you. I will come and dine with you. I will share intimate things. That's what God says. And that's when we're going to start seeing the supernatural manifest in our, in our lives. And that's when we're going to minister into people's lives and they'll instantly be set free because we'll give them a word in season. And I believe God is wanting every one of us to live like that. 
Do you, do you, who of you believe that the angels all around here? I do. Why? Because he, they hearken to the word of God. And we need to start saying, Holy Spirit, open my eyes and ears that I may hear and see what you are seeing and what you are saying. Otherwise, you're going to hear, Woo, did you hear what Malem said and what Pipompi says? And oh, we better run overseas and this one opening the doors. Let's go. Let's sell. Uh, and God says, Excuse me? Is that my voice speaking? That's the voice of fear speaking. And so much of us are led by that. Ooh, did you? Ooh. And then you have knots in your stomach and you're getting ulcers and you're half dying. And God's saying, excuse me, since when did they hold your life in the palm of their hands? And I, 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 it almost makes me want to cry when I see the church get to this point where we live in absolute fear. And I think, ach, man, this is not supernatural living. I listen to all these things and I get these comments and I, and I think, but this is not the way God is calling us to live. We live fear-based lives instead of spirit-based lives. And you know what? We will change no one and nothing. And I want to encourage you, if you're in that, in that position, you know what you need to do is repent. We need to say, Lord, forgive me, for you have not given me a spirit of fear but of love. Of power, of a sound mind, one that sees and hears clearly from you. I think many of you know, I'm not going to share major revelation, but hopefully encourage you, incite you to deeper intimacy with God. How's that? I think many of you know the, the, the scripture on the nine gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. We'll read it. Do you believe that those are the only nine gifts? Hey. See, you're you're a mature congregation, eh? Awesome. Let's read. Now to each one. Now to how many? Each one. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for what purpose? For goosebumps. Hmm? For what purpose? Not for goosebumps. Can you get goosebumps? Yeah, is it nice? Yes. Is it nice to feel close to, 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 to God? Yes. Does he want that? Yes. However, that is not the purpose. The main purpose is so that it, it, it is for the common good. And we need to understand this. The manifestation of the Spirit is for the common good. And you cannot have common good when you do your own things, never be part of a congregation, never fail. It's just, you're, you're living your own religion. You're not living according to God's way. Okay? Verse 8, to one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one in the same spirit, and he gives them to each one as you, what? Manipulated? No. As he determines, as he sees fit. Okay? These manifestations of the spirit are given to everyone. However, one time he'll give you a word of wisdom. 
And you speak this word of wisdom and that person thinks, wow, that now I know what to do in this situation. I just didn't know what to do. And this is so obvious. That is a word of wisdom. A word of knowledge. Someone speaks to you and they say, I see you going through this and this. No one knows except you. That is a word of knowledge. What does it do to the person's faith? It's for their common good. It builds them up. It encourages them that they know, gee, you know, actually God knows what's going on after all. Because so often, doesn't it happen you think, God, you've forgotten me. And when someone comes with a word of knowledge, you think, sorry, Lord, you actually have not forgotten me. And that's why he gives these gifts. They are such a blessing. What about the gift of faith? Sometimes you suddenly have this, I know that I know and I'm going to do this. Because this is, I just know this is what God is saying. Or what he wants done. Who of you have had that in your life? That is a gift of faith. What a gift of faith is not is what I see much in the church is this conjured up. Okay, now, now I need to get, build up my faith you know, right now so that I can pray for this person for healing. That is not faith, just by the way. You are trying to hype yourself up. doesn't work. That is, that is, that is, you're flowing in the natural if you do that. And I see a lot of that. That is not faith. Hyping yourself up is not faith. Okay? Gifts of healing. Did you see, it says, to one. It says, the, the Spirit gives gifts to all, Right? Yet to one he'll give this, to one he'll give that, to one he'll give the, the, the gift of healing, to one the word of knowledge, to one healing, etc. He never gives to one person everything. Never. Why, why is that? Why do you think that is the case? He wants us to need one another. He wants us to be like this. He doesn't want a disjointed church. Everyone doing their own thing. He wants, I need your gift and you need my gift. He wants us to live interdependently, that we need one another. And he never gives everyone all the gifts. Never. I don't care, you can stand on your head, you're never going to convince me otherwise. Can you flow in all the gifts at different times in your life? Yes, I have no problem with that. That I have no problem with. But remember, he gives as he determines. If he doesn't determine that you're going to speak in tongues now, you, are, you can speak in tongues and there'll be no interpretation and I'm going to tell you to keep quiet in the church. Because if there's a tongue given you to, interpret. That's what the Bible says. Otherwise, no one is built up and edified. The gift of healing. Who of you have prayed for someone and they just suddenly they healed? That is the gift of healing. Miraculous, what's, the, what's miraculous powers? Who wants to tell me what's miraculous powers? What's, uh, explain. <laughs> when the dead fish starts swimming again. Or a limb grows, isn't it? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's so much the, the miraculous powers. I think that's just kindness. 
Then prophecy, we all know prophecy, right? Where someone speaks a word and you know that this is just from God. And God wants us to prophesy. Why? Because one of the most encouraging gifts. The Bible says, and seek the greater gift, which is the great gift of prophecy, for the reason that it, it is so edifying to the person. Then distinguishing between spirits. Someone says, oh, no, this and this, and you just say, no, no, you are lying to me. It went, who have you, someone has said that, and you just know this person is lying through their teeth all the time. And you just, that's, that's what they call distinguishing between spirit. And you're not to say, you're lying little Satan, you who, no, that's not the purpose of it. You just know, and then you can say, you can start flowing in a different gift and start ministering. The gift of discernment is there for a purpose, just to discern that you can then minister the truth. Okay, uh, Speaking in different kinds of tongues. What is the purpose of speaking in different kinds of tongues? To build up yourself? To edify yourself? If you don't know what to pray, then you pray in tongues, okay? What else? What's the gift of speaking in tongues? Okay, and then? And there must be an interpretation, one or two, right? And if there's an interpretation, you know this is spot on from God. Okay? Uh, and then obviously the interpretation of tongues and obviously when you interpret you cannot say what you think you say or what God is saying Okay, so the Holy Spirit gives to each one just as he determines now if you are never open to flow in the gifts do you think you'll ever flow in the gifts Okay, now I'm going to ask are you open to flow in the gifts? In all nine? Or in all of them? There's many other gifts. Gift of teaching, preaching, uh, giving, uh, administration, leadership. There's so many different gifts. And I don't think we need, we, we need to just stick to the... There's only nine that's mentioned in the Bible. Therefore, that's it. But we need to be open and say, Lord, I open myself. And I want to be sensitive to your leading. I want to be sensitive to your prompting. If you have a word for me to give to this person, please would you speak to me now. There has to be a heart of openness for you to flow in the gifts. If you're not open and you don't say, Lord, Holy Spirit, use me as a vessel of honor to your glory, it's not going to happen. There has to be a yearning desire where we say, Lord, I want to... When you speak to someone, you say, I don't know what to say now. What are you saying? And then you can speak. I was counseling a couple last night. And you, sometimes you just think this situation is going to just implode. And it is so crucial to say, okay, Lord, what do you, what, how, do I, how do I steer this that eventually we can have peace? Because sometimes you just don't know what to do. And that's a good point because then you cannot flow in the natural. It's a brilliant point to be where you say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Because then you immediately say, okay, Holy Spirit, come and counsel me. Come and guide me. Come and lead me in this situation that freedom can come. That, because that's what he came to set there. 
captives free. The, the captives are not set free because we are ministering in the natural and not in the supernatural. But to flow in the supernatural, we need to be open. We need to be vessels that are open. Okay, point two. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit was given for what purpose? To empower you. And like I said earlier, not for goose, just for goosebumps. That, that's nice. Not just to... I don't know where you stand on that. I don't really care much for that. If, if you're slain in the spirit or what, I don't. To me, that's irrelevant. If God wants to put you down and operate and sort out things in your life, a kudos to you. But make sure you get up there and you change people's lives. That is, for me, what it's all about. Hello? That is what the empowering of the Holy Spirit is all about. Goosebumps are nice. Him counseling me and guiding me or ministering to me, healing in certain areas of my life is awesome. But if it stops there, it is not awesome. Then it is futile because all you are is a dead sea. All I am is a dead sea. And God does not, and he never called his church to be a dead sea. He called his church to make a difference. Here we read in Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We all know that Jerusalem is your town, Judea, your province, Samaria, your country, and then outermost parts of the earth. In other words, when you flow overseas. In other words, everywhere where we go, we are to make a... And we too impart truth. We to impart hope. We to impart Christ Jesus and Him crucified into people's lives. And I believe that the only way for this to happen is for us to say, Here I am, and be thirsty and say, Lord, fill this thirst, I pray. But let that thirst never ever dissipate. Let it, that, that, let it never be quenched that I continuously say, Lord, I want more of you. I need more of you. Because remember I shared uh, a few weeks ago on taking care of yourself. You cannot minister unless you are ministering from the overflow of your life. The minute people take from within you and not from the overflow, you will eventually become, it's the word. Sorry? Not just depleted, you will, you, you will you'll bite people. Because the minute people are taking from you what you don't have to give, they are taking what you are just not able to give, you're going to lash out, you're going to be nasty, you're going to be ugly, you're going to be rude, you're going to etc., etc. God wants us to minister out of the overflow. For us to overflow, we need to be a vessel that he can pour himself into continue. So may we allow the Holy Spirit to empower us. Why? So that we can be witnesses. Witnesses of what? Of his goodness, of his faithfulness in our lives. What he's done in our lives. So that we can establish his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven, this earth is such a mess because we as kingdom citizens are not doing this mandate. We're not following this mandate. Did you ever think that? We are, not, we are not witnessing. And we need to use every opportunity God affords us to witness, to talk about God. 
to speak truth and revelation into people's hearts and lives. Amen? And then lastly, the Holy Spirit enables you to speak in other tongues. Now, this happened on the day of Pentecost. Also, it's known as the Feast of Weeks or Feast of Harvest or Day of Fruits. You can go and read those in the Old Testament. We read in Acts 2 verse 1 to 20, it says there, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in what? One place. The church was in one place. They were together. They were not all doing their own thing. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as what? The Spirit enabled them. Not as they conjured it up, as the Spirit enabled them. Then it carries on, verse 5 says, Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They heard this sound, sorry, they heard the sound, a crowd coming together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. How awesome must that have been, hey? Utterly amazed they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them (coughs) in his own native tongue? Uh, Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya and Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the words of God in our own tongues. How awesome is that, eh? Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? What on earth is going on? What is God saying here? Somehow, Evan, you always get, have you noticed you have always two camps? Somehow, Evan made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. These guys are drunk. Okay. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then we, then we, we read in the beginning that passage okay? earlier on. Where he says, I'll pour out my spirit. <laughs> How amazing is this? That here they ha- they, in this meeting, the Holy Spirit comes to rest upon them. It seems to be like tongues of fire that rest upon them. And they start to speak in tongues, which they don't know what it means. But people around there from different parts of, uh, uh, let's say, from different countries hear, but these guys are speaking a word in my language. How on earth is this possible? How amazing is that? I want to encourage you. Who of you have sometimes gone to hospital and hear someone and you cannot speak their language? Who of you have ever had that? Have you ever prayed for them? I want to encourage you when that happens next time to pray, but not in the natural. Pray in tongues. And then see what God does. Yes, you can. He wants, to, he wants us. Not to, just to be proof producers of his amazing kindness and goodness and mercy and grace and favor. But he wants us to change people's hearts. 
and they're going to be changed when they are ministered to in the supernatural and not the natural. When we speak the right word in season. And that means we need to say, Lord, I want to be sensitive to your leading. I want to be sensitive to your prompting. I want to live a supernatural life. I don't just want to live by my five senses anymore. I'm finished. Please don't block my nose, however. But I want to live primarily in the supernatural. But that means we have, to, we have to, from our own hearts, have a yearning desire, and we have to say, Lord, I want this. Forgive me for settling for, if I can call it, second best, or just the natural lifestyle. Forgive me, for because that's not the way God wants his people to live. Jesus only did what he, and he was, what, he was full of the Holy Spirit. Do you see that with any other person prior to, to Jesus leaving? Eh? No. He was full with the Holy Spirit. When he left, however, he gave the Holy Spirit. He said, now I give you everyone. Everyone that wants the Holy Spirit, I give you the Holy Spirit. What a privilege that we can be the same as Jesus, where we can be open to be used and do what he says. But we need to have the hearts that are open, say, here I am. Use me. Use me. Who's going to next time pray for someone in a, in a different language when you don't know what to say? Who's going to do that? Try it and see what God does. Maybe you're going to come and testify what's happened here. Come, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we want to say, forgive us that we have settled for a mediocre relationship with you. Forgive us that we have not seeked you with all of our heart. We want to seek you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. For we know that when we do that, we will find you. We want you to impart your revelation knowledge into our lives. We want you to bless us with every gift that you see fit. We want to flow in every single gift that there is in our lifetime. And Lord, I pray that we would be so saturated with you. Holy Spirit, that we'd be so on fire for you. That our lives would overflow with your goodness. With your kindness, with your gentleness with peace, with patience, with kindness, with goodness, and with love, that this world may look at us and say, he's a Christian, he's a kingdom citizen, for there's something different about him. He's a supernatural being. We do not want to be natural beings, we want to be supernatural beings that are led by your spirit, and that change lives for eternity. So would you help us to build your kingdom, that we may truly see your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you that you've put us in this nation for such a time as this, not to live in fear and to run, but to minister life into people's hearts, to minister peace, to minister direction. I pray, Lord, that we would give words in season. I pray that people would be healed. I pray that people would be set free. I pray that we would be discerning. I pray that we would give words of knowledge. I pray that we would pray in tongues and even we'd interpret 
what we've, prophet, what we've prayed in tongues. Lord, I pray that we would see more and more of the supernatural in your church in this nation, I pray. I pray that the church of Jesus Christ in this nation would arise and that we would be counted for such a time as this and that we would speak out love and that we would speak out truth where there's hatred we would so love. And so, Lord, help us to, to react in the opposite spirit, to live as you would have us live. And, Lord, I pray, and I pray that every one of us would do that. We lift our hands right now to you. And we say, Holy Spirit, come and fill us, fill our cups, fill our lives afresh and anew. We want to overflow. We want to overflow so that others' lives may be changed, that we may be a vessel of honor that brings glory to your name, changes people's hearts and changes people's lives. Pray this in your precious, precious name. And Lord, this week, as we go and we seek your face, that you would come and you would make your abode with us and that you would come and dine with us, that we would become supernatural citizens of the kingdom of heaven and not natural. We pray in your precious, precious name. Amen. Amen.